Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Sometimes if we hear good biblical preaching, it's going to offend like, like the, the, our church matriarch just piped up and said, it's going to offend our flesh. We, Jesus is offensive to the world. And the truth is offensive to the flesh, and we're always going to have that flesh nature. Sometimes, if we don't ever get good and offended you know, during the preaching, then, then, then maybe we ought to turn it up a notch. Because my flesh wars with my spirit, and my spirit does not always win, and my wife said amen. Amen. It's a trap. It's a trap, but it's true. Amen. Our, our flesh wars against the spirit, but thank God that because of the work done on the cross, because I have been made a new creature, those things are passed away. It no longer has authority over me. It's not that it doesn't have um, a presence. It's not that it doesn't have a voice. It's not that it doesn't even have some measure of, uh, you know, of, of influence or power, um, but it has no authority when I'm under the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not to be ruled by our flesh. Amen? Amen. Are we having a family split? What'd you go over there? Pastor Dave's over here. He's trying to mix it up. He's, he's, you know, him, him and Derek had a big falling out <laughs> over the, because Ohio State got smoked, and then, and then, but so did Oklahoma, so everybody's just mad, except for my, uh, my Michigan fans back there. God bless you. It's been a long time coming. Enjoy it. You Be blessed. Amen. Nate as well. Amen. Praise God. I want to talk um, about organic Christianity today. The family-oriented message, a home religion-oriented message. Amen? It is going to be something that, you know, maybe, maybe it's not you know, the greatest, uh, you know, philosophical, you know, um, you know and, and deep theological, you know, trending message to where you're like, oh, I've never, I've never heard of these, you know, the, this, these deep, fancy words. I'm talking a little bit about home religion. Me and Matt were texting a little bit. Man, we just want to, we, we want to do it right from the ground up. I just want to live for God. I want to raise my family for God. I want to be a part of, a, of the church for God. And then whatever he's going to build on top of that, I want to be built on a sure foundation, which is faith in Christ Jesus, on his blood, on the way that he teaches us to do things. I want to have a biblical church, don't you? Yeah. Amen. But we can't have a biblical church with unbiblical people. So we got to be biblical people. You gotta be family units that, that seek after God and don't mind the ways of the flesh, but rather mind the ways of the spirit. You gotta be spirit led. Amen. Heavenly Father, bless this message today. Bless your word, which is a blessing unto us. Because your word is like the sun, all things gravitate toward it and are illuminated by it, God. Reveal it in our hearts, Lord. We know that it's perfect. We know it'll tell us the truth and it'll fix us up, God. But we have to be good ground. We have to lean into it. We have to receive your word. Be not offended on our flesh's behalf. But rejoice in our spirit whenever you correct us and show us how to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Is it, does anybody eat um, pretty much all organic? Brother Daniel eats mostly organic, but you didn't want, yeah, but, and Sister Phillips too, but you know, it's not all organic. I've seen you slip a little something here and there. Like, he tries to nudge me in the right way. Uh, I haven't actually received any, uh, any nutritious bars from you in a while, so I'm trying to figure out what I did wrong here. Um, but uh, yeah, he'll, he'll, uh, 
there had been many a time I worked late in the, uh, you know, in the evening you know, here at the church, and then the only thing that was my salvation was one of those, at, when you're that hungry, very delicious bars <laughs> that Brother Daniel has slipped in and I put into the, into the desk there. Amen. You get good and hungry enough, even organic stuff tastes good, right? <laughs> oh, I know. And you, you do, well, here in the last couple months, you've, uh, you've seen the bottom of a lot of Cane's fries packages, to be honest with you. But hey, praise God for miracles. Amen. I don't think those are organic. Austin, are you all organic? No, I didn't think you was, because I've been on road trips with you. I know you're not. Amen. But you're truthful. I'm probably not ever going to eat all organic foods, but spiritually I'd like to be, and I'll tell you why. The word organic means of or relating to or derived from living matter. So what's an organic church? Number one, it's derived from something alive. The only way it can be organic is if it comes from something alive. It's derived from living matter. Number two, denoting a relation between elements of something such as they fit together harmoniously as necessary parts of a whole. That is just a dictionary definition of organic, but I think for biblical purposes, that is a phenomenal definition. So let me read it again. It is a relation between elements of something such as they fit together harmoniously as necessary parts of a whole. Let me break that down. That means uh, whenever something is organic, it means it fits together correctly and in the right way, and it's made up of all necessary parts of the whole. It, it, it doesn't have extra parts. Some of the Holy Spirit dropped in my, in, in my heart, you know, in my mind, in my brain, whatever you, wherever you think it landed, uh, but I have not been able to stop saying to people and praying over them and preaching and ministering and mentoring that you are not spare parts. If you're there and I've told you that in the last several weeks, raise your hand. Amen. I, I, I have, I've, I've just been, I don't know why, I've been downloading on everybody. The Holy Spirit just did, a, you know, just get a work in me. And I just wanted everybody at this church here, whether you're a visitor, or whether you've been here for a long time, whether you have a title or not, you are not spare parts. You are a part of our organic church. And without you and God doing the work that God wants to do in your life, this thing is not going to get down the road the way that it's supposed to or where it's supposed to. You're not spare parts. You are important because it's an organic church. And God don't send nobody to a church where you're just spare parts, where you're just part of the fabric, right? Part of the, part of the walls. You know, you're not there to hold up the walls. You're there to, to hold up the arms sometimes. Hold up the word. Hold up the light. Amen? Lastly, to be organic is to be raised or conducted without the use of drugs, hormones, or synthetics, which is a fancy word for fake things. Additives. Stuff that was never in the word, but maybe we just derived them because it was the easiest way to do, and then all of a sudden it kind of became the only way to do, and now it's quote-unquote God's way to do, and it's not really any of that. It's synthetic. If you're going to be an organic church, you've got to be free of the synthetic. Now, the Bible doesn't say that we're supposed to have gray chairs. I said that mostly, and then there were, there were enough people voted on the color that we did it. But that's not part of the Bible. But there are things that are part of the Bible. And our church must, must, must operate out of those. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, let's read some scripture. What do you say? Don't you love the word? See what he says about it. Galatians 2 and 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he said, um, I, I am organic and I derive what I am now, all of it. Um, you know, the, the old stuff has passed away. Um, even the best of my performances were as filthy rags. It was dung. It was nothing. I didn't want to claim it because it was not perfect. But who I am now that I died, I went under that, that blood. How many of you have been baptized? It's so good to get baptized because you're actually kind of just playing out the visible part of what it is to, uh, to become a new creature in Christ. The water doesn't do it, the blood did, but we celebrate it and then exemplify it by, and out you come, and I, and I, I make sure they get all the way under. Yeah. I baptized some kid who was super tall at, uh, at the conference, and, the, and we did it in a horse trough, which I kind of like, like the galvanized thing, and so I had to bend him up like a pretzel, but he was going all the way under because that's the way you got to do it, total submersion. Hey, man. <laughs> and we don't just, we don't just sprinkling around here. The only sprinkling is whenever somebody sits on the front row and I get too excited. <laughs> so all the way down we go under the water and then back up because we are not partial but we are completely a new creation in Christ Jesus and the new life that we have is not derived from parts and bits the best parts of the old one hey the new life in Christ is not derived from the best part of who you used to be because the best part of who you used to be wasn't enough and it's still filthy rags according to the word of God. It's all new. And it's all Jesus. And that's all. What, what you have, if it doesn't derive fully and completely from Christ, then it's, then it's honestly, it's not organic. It's synthetic. What, what if I spelled it synthetic with an I? That would be the tackiest and I would do it. <laughs> I would love to do that. It's synthetic. Where, where, where's my hey man? <laughs> Yeah, there we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 20 through 26. And for those of you who don't understand what just happened, uh, anytime I say something kind of tacky like that, then Steve, Matt, Brandon, somebody will give me a, hey, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's all right. No, I don't encourage you to keep doing that. <laughs> hey, man. 1 Corinthians 12, 20 through 26. But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. If you feel like you're weak, maybe, well, maybe you are. You might be. <laughs> but you're necessary. And we can't do what we're supposed to do without you. You ever seen some, like, I've worked in physical therapy. One of my patients, who I'm so glad to see, is back there. I tried, I tried to fix him. <laughs> Thank God. And, and he came here and gave his life to the Lord. And that was, and the Lord done more for you than I could ever do, or, or Chris McLaughlin, or doctors, or anybody. Um, but whenever you are uh, you know, in physical therapy, you see a whole lot of people trying to function without bits and pieces of them, and how hard it is. You don't really miss, um, you know, for, for those of you who've had knee surgery, that's a lot of you. <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't miss your meniscus till it's gone, do you? Hey, all right, see, now I'm talking. You don't miss your ACL until it's torn. Anybody? Amen. You don't miss, honestly, I, like, I, I had to work with a guy who um, had several of his fingers ripped off in a machine, some kind of press, I know, right? And, uh, and so for him, I was just trying to have to teach him all over again how to even pick up a quarter or how to pick this up or how to you know, manipulate, how to type, how to open a door because, like, his fingers were just not quite able to get the grip they used to and how hard it is you think you think maybe I don't matter you do 
You do. We can't do what we're supposed to do without you. The Bible says that. It's not me trying to pat you on your, on your self-deprecating noggin. Come on. Some of you thought that's what I was doing, and I rebuke you. You thought I was trying to make you feel better. I'm telling you, you've got a mandate, no matter how strong, no matter how weak, no matter if you feel like you've got a place or not, you are important, and the thing don't go the way it's supposed to go unless you are who you're supposed to be. I'm not just trying to pat you on the head and make you feel better about yourself. You do matter, and the Bible says so. Yes. Amen. Amen. Jake was like, that came, that came across kind of strong. Well, good, because you matter. You matter. You all matter. The Bible says so, for the Bible tells me so. And those members of the body, which we would think be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. For God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body. What's schism mean? Schism means a, a break, a separation, a split. God don't like church splits, amen? God don't like family splits. God, don't, God likes harmony, unity, and unity costs. Unity will cost you Pounds to ounces in your personal flesh. If you see a church that's in unity, somebody paid the price. It wasn't that everybody was just nice and good. Whoa. If you see a church that continues to function in unity and harmony, it's not because everybody's sweet. Because you're all made of the same stuff. And so am I. It's because there are people in every situation, in every day, in every little interaction who are choosing to pay a price that the church may grow and thrive and be organic. If there's a church that has unity, it's because somebody could have been offended and they chose not to. Amen. I always give honor to the elders because it's not the kids up here saying, I'm going to see a victory. They don't tithe. Right? They don't do much. They, they tear stuff up. They cost more than they put into this thing. I promise you that. But thank God for a generation that preceded us. Thank God, and as I look around you, for, for a little bit of gray hair here and there, who have been faithful. Amen. So that the rest could come in behind. Thank God that these lights are on. Thank God that, that we were able to have the things that we have. Thank God uh, for a beautiful place to come and worship the Lord that has room enough for anyone who wants to come. Amen. If you see a church like that, and if you see a church that has unity, and people say new life has a lot of unity. Well, that's because there's a lot of feelings that could have been indulged that weren't. Smack I don't want to smack that too hard. I'm preaching some good stuff right now. And now I ask you, are you the one who's willing to do that? Are you the one who's willing to swallow your pride even when you're right and be offended and just decide to go on with it? Or do you need to make a big stink about it? I don't have anybody in my crosshairs. I got everybody in my crosshairs, just in case you were wondering. We, if we want to take this thing forward then we've all got to prefer one another. We have to forgive before an apology is offered. We have to choose to stay on course whenever we could take the exit and be offended. That is biblical maturity. Amen. 
that there should be no schism in the body and that members should have the same care for one another and that if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it and if one is honored, all members rejoice with it. Isn't that good? Amen. That someone who is honored we can rejoice. That, that, that is something we, we really have to make sure because that doesn't come natural. I'm preaching a lot of things here that don't come natural. The gravity does not pull or push us into naturally rejoicing for someone else in their moment, right? That's not nature. That's not flesh. That, that is the, that, you know, that, that's not how it works. We have to make that choice, and we're empowered to by the Holy Spirit. When one member suffers, then it's a very, you know, our natural, like, oh, I'm glad it's not me. Thanks to be you but to invest in their suffering, to build them up, to lift them up. Amen? Amen. Praise God. It's good, good scripture. Good scripture today. Amen? It's always good, isn't it, Matt? It's always good. Sometimes I don't understand it exactly like I need to, and i got to study. Sometimes it offends my flesh, but it's always good. Amen. So de- we, we, our, 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 bi- our biblical life must be derived from Christ. It has to be alive. Your life dictates your theology. Right? And what I mean by that is, uh, we don't live the way that we say that we believe. You know, we we end up living out whatever that real theology is. You know, we don't just have, we don't have a boilerplate statement over that sticks on the front of our, our chest or on our right arm so people can see what we believe. Instead, it's whatever that act of that home religion, that, that life theology. What is your life theology preaching? Amen. Um, anyone remember someone named Doug Webb, Pastor Doug Webb? He called it home religion once in a message. And I always remember that. I remember that message. He said he called it home religion. Who are you at home? Who are you to your family? You know, who are you to the people who you're working with, the people around you? That's what we need to have is home religion. Amen? Say, and I, I'm going to take a little rabbit trail. Is it a rabbit trail if you mean to go there? Technically, no. Saying you don't believe. Listen up here. Anybody ever heard the saying, um, you know, it's a, all about relationship, not about religion? Okay. It's bad theology. It's good theology if you want your flesh um, to, to feel like it has some kind of scripture to back up, you know, you doing what you want to do. It's very convenient for that. Um, however, what is, what is religion? Now, religion gets a bad you know, rap because um, there were Pharisees, and we call them religious people, right? Well, that's true. Um, but, you know, there were Gentiles, you know, who, who were, you know, sinful people. Like, you know, it doesn't, just because somebody is doing it doesn't make that thing bad, it means they're doing that thing wrong a lot of times. So religion is, when you boil it down, it's not necessarily just a spirit, it's not just an attitude. It is a set of rules by which we live, which should be derived from the word of God. I believe in religion, biblical, true religion. Gotta have it, gotta have it. Otherwise it's just you know, free for all, everybody do whatever they want, and you're gonna run into people like that who, who lived completely outside the bounds of scripture and, and still want to call themselves a Christian. Well, no, it's gotta be real. It has to be derived from Jesus Christ. Saying I don't believe in religion, it's all about relationship, is about, it's an ignorant and unfinished thought. It's like saying I love my wife so much that there are no boundaries in our marriage and we can come and go as we please and be with whoever we want. That's the sense of having no religion. 
Oh, no, 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 we, we, it's all about relationships. It's just about love. Go, no, it's not. it's not. It's about covenant. It's about being in a relationship that has parameters and boundaries, right? I mean, you, you look back to the 70s or the 60s and 70s, uh, whenever you know, free love was, was the order of the day and everybody was just you know, you're sleeping with whoever they wanted to, whenever they wanted to, and, and, and everything, you know, just, you know, it's not about all these rules and all this constriction and all this stuff. Those people suffered terribly. And the women most of all. Women being the, the honorable but weaker vessel that the word of God teaches us, um, it breaks my heart, but women suffer the most whenever people are walking out of alignment with the word of God. Because they're, because they're, they're, they're beautiful, they're, they're, they're created for, they're, to be nurturers, they're created to be vulnerable and to do things that men can never do. And they suffer the most whenever culture screams and rails against biblical truth. That is the truth. Amen. True and biblical Christianity flows from the person of Jesus Christ and is outlined and defined by his infallible word. Any other kind of religion is false religion, no matter how palatable it may be. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the word of God. And then number two, if it's organic, it can't have a mixture of synthetics. Right? You can't have a whole bunch of other things and then... And, and then that, that is how bad religion happens whenever you bring in synthetic things, things that are matters of opinion. And because I need to hit this too. I really defended religion. I, I defend tradition. I defend um, you know, the, the values taught by the word of God. But we also have to be careful that we don't add stuff to the word of God as well. No synthetics because that can poison the well just as easily. Old L.L. Collins used to say the pendulum swings as far to the left as it does to the right. Amen. Far too often, everybody listen now, far too often culture becomes tradition, tradition becomes religion, and religion becomes bondage. Let's run that back. Far too often culture becomes tradition, tradition can become religion, and that religion, which is not derived from the word of God, which is not derived from the person of Christ, becomes bondage, and it enslaves and it destroys We've got to be organic. The word of God deriving from the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm only interested in preaching the truth. But I've got to give you some fair warning whenever I say that. Um, I'm going to do, do a little bit of teaching here as best I can. Um, when you tear down a system of belief and conduct, whether it's something that's been handed to you, something you've been taught, something you learned, something maybe that's been preached to you, if you're going to tear that boundary down, you're going to remove that thing, then, buddy, you better have a complete and biblical framework to replace it with. Amen. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't believe I should do it exactly like this. Well, what does the Bible say? Because you better put, you can't just tear down boundaries. You have to put some, if you, if you, if you feel like, okay, that's wrong. You, know, you say, I, I, you know, I, I don't believe in this. You know, I feel like I should be able to wear gray suits instead of black. I don't know, what, you know whatever it could be. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you're going to move that, make sure that you have a, a, a system in place, right? That was a, that was a silly example. I believe, you know, maybe, maybe and, but honestly, there are Mennonites who you know, they're only going to wear a black suit, right? Enter. Let's just lean into it then, my little Minnecostal. 
So they, they, they will only wear black suits, you know, to church. And I would be, and actually, that's how I kind of showed up. I, she said, oh, she said, baby, she, when we were dating, she said, hey, baby, um, we were dating. And uh, she said, Why don't, you want to come to my gross daddy Weaver's funeral, my grandpa Weaver? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. She's like, I got to warn you, they're very conservative. And I said, girl, I was raised conservative. I know all about conservative. I am conservative. What are you talking about? She said, uh, they're pretty conservative. And I was like, girl, I'm conservative. Get out of here. I was like, what do you think I'm going to show up in? <laughs> and so I show up, and I'm in my gray suit with my blue car. I'm the only blue car anywhere around. They're all black because that's the Mennonite culture, and that's you know, the, their thing. And I get out, and number one, I'm like that much taller than all the rest of the guys for some reason. And uh, they're all in black suits, and I'm in a gray suit. I felt ridiculous. So I was like, I did not know. I did not know what I was in for. So... But the truth of the matter is, I can wear whatever color suit that I want. Like, I wear a gray, a gray suit. That's empty. That's nonsense. That's tradition. That's religion. They can do what they want. However, if one, when, once I say I was raised that way, once I stepped out of only wearing black suits, do any suits go? What about my birthday suit? I'm making a point that if you're going to tear down a system of belief, you better have a biblical system of belief that is installed in its place. Anytime you say, I don't, I'm not going to do that, I don't believe that, I'm like, I'm like I, that's not exactly the way I see it. Okay, fine, what does the Bible say and what guardrails have we put? You can't just take them out and then just leave them because you, no one gravitates toward God. Not on this planet. Sorry. The inertia of life is against God. This entire planet, this entire creation groans and shudders in pain and agony because it's been broken by sin. Sin has the greater pull of this culture and this flesh, no matter who we vote into office, no matter what we do, no matter what kind of laws we pass, it, sin will still be the inertia of this broken world till he remakes it. So if you take out your guardrails or the guardrails that you've been given, then, then I have to say that, that okay, that, but what are the biblical better ones and where are you going to put them? Because you will not veer or drift into godliness, into truth, into safety, into righteousness. We don't do that. Even saved people don't do that, right? This is going over like a lead balloon, I, I'm fine. <laughs> like, we need to understand the value of guardrails, of living for God according to His Word. Don't just pluck them up. You know, remove not the ancient landmark. Right? We have to live for God. So uh, it's got to be a biblical system in place. Amen. You and your family are not going to drift into sanctification. You will not. The tide, gravity, and the inertia of this world are against that concept. So we must protect our families. We must protect our eyes. We must protect our ears. We must protect our children. We must protect ourselves. Amen? Because the enemy is looking for any gate that he can possibly use. Amen. So, number three, and there are four today. Uh, you can go ahead and come help me out of this hole that I'm digging. It'll be a blessing. I appreciate you. True 
organic Christianity must be derived from living matter, from Jesus. Amen? Directly derived, not from somebody else. Now, I can preach and teach you the word of God, but the true life for you will be derived from God, from Christ, your relationship, not what Pastor Joe says, not what somebody else thinks, not what some of the worship leader sings, but you will, whatever life you have, will be derived from Christ. For those of you who don't know, um, Papa, Papa Dave, Papa Parker over there has another grandson on the way. So there's a handful of you maybe who did not know that yet. Yes. My dad has a grandson on the way. But you know who does not have a grandson on the way? God. Because God willing, that boy be born and raised up. He will choose to either be a son or a stranger. Because God has no grandsons. I can't give him a pass into heaven, and neither can you. It is up to us to introduce, but in the end, we have to have that relationship with God. That's what real Christianity is. It's not, I didn't derive it from my father. I didn't derive it from my grandfather. Now, some of the biblical truths and, and power, some of the anointing and the, uh, and the you know, some wonderful traditions and wonderful um, you know, gifts were passed down to me. That's true. But the life, the fuel, the, the, the essence of Christianity, the essence of Christianity can only be derived from the hands and feet of the one who shed his blood on Calvary. It's the only way. If you don't go to the source... That's the only place to get it from. Amen? And if we want that real article, we must go to the source. Paul said in Galatians 1, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not according to man. For I neither received it from a man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I want you people to know that I am organic. That I didn't get this thing from a preacher. I didn't get this thing from my mom and my daddy. I got this thing at the foot of the cross whenever I met Jesus Christ for myself, and he became everything to me. And the heavenly Father let grace flow, and I was regenerated. And even though Pastor Joe might have dipped and dunked me, it was Jesus who made me new. When Pastor Job baptized me in water, I was already as clean as I'd ever be because the blood has made me new. My life is, my spiritual life is derived from the hands of Jesus Christ, from the blood shed, from the repentance. Paul said, I want you people to know, I didn't get this revelation from somebody else. I didn't get what I have and what I'm offering you. From, I got it from the Lord, from Jesus Christ, the revelation of Christ Jesus. Now, lastly, to be organic is to work together. We are only the body of Christ when we have unity and function together. We're only organic.
whenever we're functioning together. Amen. Denoting a relationship between elements of something such as they are fit together harmoniously as necessary parts of a whole. Amen. Let's stand. Feel, uh, I, I feel a little bit of leading in my spirit um, to pray for our families, for our friends, for our church. Men and women of God, I want you to pray like it for the next couple minutes. Speak with authority. God, I just pray that you just help people. To Speak a blessing. Speak with authority. Speak as the, as the, the, the mothers and fathers uh, that you are. Speak as if you're a necessary part of this church and say, Oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let freedom reign in this place. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let all of my flesh that comes between me and my brother, let it be, let it be you know, crucified. Paul called it the circumcision of the heart. Cut away those pieces of me that come between me and you, God. Help me to be uh, not self-deprecating, God, but help me to be like you. Uh, and, and even though I was offended, I opened not my mouth. I forgave and I moved past that thing. Why not? Because I was wrong, because I wasn't necessarily wrong, but because you were worth more. And being who I was supposed to be was worth more. And the church's unity, the church being organic, somebody had to pay the price and it was me. And I don't need, and I don't need any credit for it. But I need to see him on that great and glorious day and say, I did my part that we could function as your true body. Amen. Amen. So let's just bow our heads and lift your hands, do whatever you want to do, but let's worship and let's seek God.